Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Remain standing with me for just a few moments. As we read the word of the Lord this morning, we're reading from the Old Testament prophet of Ezekiel, the 47th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, verse number 1, Ezekiel chapter 47, verse number 1, a vision that the prophet has. He says, Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under or came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Verse number five, he says, Afterward he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And then the Lord asked a question of the prophet after showing him this vision of water coming from the altar, streaming down, and he measured it, and it had eventually become waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. He asked him a question now in verse 6. He says, Son of man, Hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. He shows him a river of water flowing from the temple, from the altar. He shows him the expanse of it as it flows out. And then he asks him a very specific question. Have you seen this? And I preach to you today from the premise of this question. Do you see the river? Do you see the river? Would you ask the Lord to help us now? Jesus, I thank you, God, in this building on this Sunday morning. God, for your presence that has been in this room. And dear God, for the worshipers that have lifted you up and magnified you, I'm asking you, Lord, in the next little while that you'd help us and enable us in the preaching of the Word of God, the imparting of truth today. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And can we lift our hands and voices to Him one more time and just make a joyful sound of praise. Let's do it unto the Lord. Give you praise and worship. Adoration, thanksgiving, O oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated. God bless you today. Maybe you have said, or at least you have heard the old saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. It simply means that I can't see the big picture because I am so zeroed in on one small detail that I cannot observe the whole at one time. I'm looking at just one small part, therefore I cannot see the whole. But now, I would ask you today, just for argument's sake, that you would allow us to reverse that little saying and let's see if we can't look at it from the other side of the coin that you can't see the tree 
for the forest. That it's very possible that I see everything but not see the detail that I need to see. It's very possible that my vision picks up the broad spectrum of things but I not see that one small little thing that very possibly could make it difference in my life now you 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 know and you you've done it especially men I, I don't know that it is it's a part of a woman's life but it is part of a man's life it's it's something we live with it's something we have to to kind of adjust ourselves to and that is that when we go to the refrigerator we never can find what we're looking for I mean, it's just the fact. Can, can, can any man give me a witness today? I mean, it's just, just a fact. I mean, you open the refrigerator door. About the only thing I'm ever looking for in the refrigerator is the Tabasco sauce bottle. But, but I, open, I open the refrigerator and I crouch down and I look. And I can't find the Tabasco sauce bottle anywhere. I see A1, I see Worcestershire, I, I see ketchup, I see mustard, I see eggs, I see leftover pork chops, I, 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 I see the cheese, I see the milk, but I don't see any Tabasco sauce. And I call to my wife and I say, honey, where in the world did you put the Tabasco sauce? And she comes in and she takes a whole different stance than what I take because I've had the door open and I've been right up in there looking, trying to find these things. And she just swings the door wide and steps back and she says, it's right there. That's the Tabasco sauce bottle. But you see, the possibility is that it had become lost amongst the, the other things that had gathered in that refrigerator. And I was seeing the big picture. I was seeing everything that was there, but I was not seeing that one little detail that I was looking for. I contend this morning that it's very possible for you and I in life to, to kind of have the same experience with God. That, that we, we, don't, we don't see God or at least don't perceive God because that there is so many other things cluttering our vision. There's so many things that we're looking at. There's so many things that, that are coming into the process of making up the picture of life that I really cannot see or at the very least perceive the presence of God. So I come to the conclusion that God must not be present. And God must not be around because I can't see him through whatever it is that I'm looking at in life. Paul kind of dealt with this process as he stood on Mars Hill and he looked up at what now is, is the, the ruins of the, the Parthenon. And as he looks there at those that, that magnificent building, he says, I see that you have worshipped all of these other gods but there is an unknown God in him I declare unto you. He said, now look, he said, you're looking through your philosophy and you're looking through your paganism. And he said, you've missed that one true God. But I, he said, I want you to know, and he told them in Acts chapter 17 and verse number 27, he said that you should seek the Lord if happily you might feel after him and find him, though he be not very far from, from any 
any one of us, he said, now in all the clutter of your paganism and your philosophy, he said, I want you to know there is a God and that God is on the throne and that God is real and that God is true and that God is faithful and this God can answer your prayer. But they could not see God because they were looking through the forest of life and they could not find him. But now, it's not just philosophy and paganism that you and I look through or the ideas or the concepts of life but there's also the forest of pain that you and I deal with Job dealt with this as he began to try to find God and he's dealing with this forest of pain and difficulty that is upon him and he he even confesses in Job 23 and 8 he says I go forward he's not there backwards I I cannot perceive him he said I cannot find him because I I'm looking through this forest of pain and difficulty and crisis and calamity but he finally comes to the conclusion that he knows where I am and he knows the path that I take the fact is this that in the forest of life whether it's looking through the pain and the difficulty of life or if it's looking through the paganism and the philosophies and the ideals of life God is in the picture and you can find him and you can see him and you can locate him somewhere you've just got to kind of zero everything else out and say right in the middle of this big mess there's God and God knows how to meet my every need now I contend today that it, it's not just life. It's not just the problems of life. Is anybody dealing with life here on this Memorial Day weekend? Is anybody dealing with life? That's two or three of you. I'll preach to you and let the others listen in. Okay. So now, now listen to me. It's just, it's just the process of life. We're dealing with life. But understand that, that life is not just life. But there's another element to this thing called life. And it is a spiritual element that you and I deal with. You understand? Life is made up of more than just getting up in the morning at the sound of your alarm clock. Life is more than just taking your lunch break. Life is more than just punching out at the, the company clock in the evening and saying I've fulfilled my day and my duty. Life is a whole lot more than just taking care of the things that go wrong around high, the house. But there's another side of life and that's this spiritual element that you and I deal with because there is another force that is in this present world and it is this spiritual world that we need to deal with and Paul addresses it in his writings in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4 when he talks about the God of this world that hath blinded the minds of them that believe not lest they should see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who's the image of God and that he should shine unto them now I tell you it's no accident that you can't find God it's no accident that you can't perceive where he's at it's no accident that you cannot discover him it's no accident that you cannot sense his presence and find out what he is up to in your life it is no accident at all but there is a spiritual force in this world that Paul says he hath blinded our eyes the devil has done everything he can to keep me from seeing my source of help my source of strength from seeing the joy 
joy and the presence of God and the peace of God. He's done everything he can to blind me. But he opens my eyes to all of the mess and the nonsense and the trouble and the problems and the perplexities and the difficulties and the anguish and the despair. He allows me to see that, but he blinds my eyes to the thing that can help me, the thing that can lift me up. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm on a mission on this Memorial Day weekend to just kind of come in and take the blinders off of somebody's eyes and let you know there's more than forest in life. There's more than just this big picture. But right in the middle of the mess where you are right now, there's a God that knows how to heal. There's a God that knows how to save. There's a God that knows how to deliver. There's a God that knows how to lift up. There's a God that knows how to help you. There's a God that knows how to lead you through. There's a God that knows how to walk with us in the midst of our problems and our difficulties in life. Does anybody believe that God is there? He really is. He's there. But i got to get the blinders off of my eyes because if I'm not careful, I can get lost in the woods. I can get lost in the forest of life. When you go read in the Old Testament that story of the battle of Absalom, Scripture tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse number 8 that in that, that, that great battle that was taking place, that the battle was scattered over the face of all the country. And it says the wood devoured more people that day or the forest devoured more people that day than, than the sword devoured. In other words, there were more folks that lost in the woods than there was that actually died by the sword or was inflicted by, by some, some, some tragic wounding in the midst of the battle. They just got lost in the woods. And I contend to you today on this Sunday morning that there's a lot of us that are lost in the woods of life. We're lost in the forest of life. We're seeing everything. We see the problems. We see the difficulties. We see the anxiety. We see the difficulty. We see the window envelope are piling up. We, we see the letter from the lawyer's office. We, we, we see the pink slip from the employer. We, we see the prognosis from the doctor. We see all of this stuff. And if you're not careful, you can see the forest, but you never see the tree of life. You see the forest, but you never see the one that knows how to help you through the difficulties of life. I don't know about you, but I believe it's time to quit wandering around in the forest and find the help that we need in the midst of a world that's chaotic and confused and difficult. Now, that's what makes the 47th chapter of the book of Ezekiel so remarkable. As you read the book of Ezekiel, it's, it's, it's an incredible book. It's an incredible book. I challenge you to sit down and, and read the book of Ezekiel because it's, it's an incredible book. And especially when you get to these, these final chapters and you start reading about his vision of what he's seeing that God is going to do. And you begin to compare it with what he has seen in the earlier chapters of of the book of Ezekiel because when you get into this magnificent book he it is a book of graphic visions about a failed religious system a religious system that's falling apart, a religious system that's not working, a religious system that's not accomplishing what it needs to accomplish and he sees 
all of these things. It, it begins somewhere around Ezekiel chapter 8. And when you get to Ezekiel chapter 8, you, you see that the Lord has allowed him in his visions to see a seat of jealousy that is sitting right in the middle of the temple. It's an image that has been set up. And he said the glory of God was there, but this image, this seat of jealousy was there was also what Ezekiel was seeing was that the people had brought idolatry into the house of God and Ezekiel is seeing the presence of idolatry there and then God takes him and he shows him and it's this incredible thing that he sees in Ezekiel chapter 8 he shows him a hole in the wall of the temple and in that hole is a door and he tells the prophet he said I want you to dig through this hole and I want you to look inside and I want you to see what's going on on the inside of the temple and so he he digs through the hole and he gets inside in his vision and he sees inside abominable things that are there he sees graven images that have been erected he sees paintings that have been put on the wall of pagan gods and he sees worship that's taking place there but not to the one true God and he sees in the middle of all of this women that are weeping in the temple but they're not weeping before God they're weeping before the idol Tammuz and they're praying to him and then he sees the men standing on the porch of the temple and he sees them with their back to the altar and their face toward the sun and they're worshiping the sun he sees all of this through this hole that is in the wall and then he gets to Ezekiel chapter 10 and chapter 11 and he sees this remarkable thing that takes place somebody say he's seen all of this he's seen all of this and he, and he, he sees this remarkable thing that takes place in Ezekiel chapter 10 and chapter 11 and he sees the glory of God lift off of that temple and it, 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 it rises up off of the seat where it's been sitting and it goes out the eastern gate and it leaves and it hovers over over a mountain on the east and it's depicting the departure of God from his house and Ezekiel seeing all of this and he's seeing the idolatry that's in the house through the hole in the wall and he's seeing the departure of the glory of God and then he gets over to Ezekiel chapter 40 chapter 41 chapter 42 and he sees a new temple but all he sees is the blueprints and 40 41 42 is some boring reading because it's just about how, how, how big rooms are and how long walls are and how high the building is and, and he's reading about this construction but there's nothing there there's no presence there there's no glory there it's an empty sterile building where there is absolutely no presence at all and the Lord asked Ezekiel on two occasions in Ezekiel chapter 8 he says are you seeing this are you seeing the hole in the wall? Are you seeing the idolatry? Are, are you seeing the seed of jealousy? Are you seeing me as I remove myself from the temple? Now, I don't know about you, but after looking at all of that, after looking at the failed religious system, after looking at the seed of jealousy that is there, after looking at a sterile building where there is no glory, I think I would come to the conclusion that it's all messed up and it's all fallen off the cliff somewhere and that there's just no help and there's no hope and there's nothing 
God can do at all. And he's seen all of this. Can, can I tell you that, that we are seeing in the 21st century what Ezekiel saw in his prophetic book. Because we are seeing people that are finding the hole in the church. They are finding that little spot in the building, in the structure, in the religious system. And they've peered in and they've come back with what they think is revelation. They've come back with what they think is this amazing thing they've just found out. That the church isn't perfect. Brilliant, isn't it? I mean, it's just a brilliant revelation. Looking through the hole of the wall of the church that they've discovered and they find out that there's imperfection in the church there's a bunch of folks that are in the church that are messed up I mean that's that's a that's a wonderful revelation I mean that's just an amazing thing and they start finding everything that's wrong in the church and they start finding out that there's hypocrisy in the church and that there's error in the church and there's mistakes and there's folks that live one way inside and one way outside and they're looking through the hole of the church and all they can see is this failed religious system they call them the nuns N-O-N-E-S that's what Gallup and Barna and Pew in their, in their statistics and polls that they take call them the nuns. The nuns are those that have no religious affiliation. They don't belong to anything. Well, they found out a little thing about these nuns because the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, have, have, have decided that, that they would answer the questions on the poll about religion and, and it looked like that they were spiritual but they just didn't want to be a part of a religious system. Well, now they're discovering that these nuns, N-O-N-E-S, they have found out that these are people who, have, it's not that they don't want to be a part of a religious system it's simply that they just don't believe the book they just simply don't believe God they just simply don't believe the word of God and they they've looked in and they found all of this stuff that's wrong and they're seeing this big picture here and they think that the whole thing's falling apart and it's all decaying and the foundations coming out from underneath it and it's nothing but sterility and there's no life whatsoever in the church well the psalmist Davis the psalmist David gives us a little insight into this when he tells us in the book of Psalms chapter 46 and verse number 2 of crisis that is happening. He says, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea and though the waters thereof roar and be troubled and though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof now look at verse number two and verse number three he said it's messed up the mountains are shaken the waters are swelling there's a flood there's calamity there's crisis on every side but he drops down to verse number four and he says I want you to know there is a river the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God he said in spite of the mess in spite of the difficulty in spite of the problem in spite 
crisis. He said, I want you to look again because there is a river right in the middle of it. Now you can find the hole in the wall if you want to and you can find everything that's wrong if you want to but I have decided to zero in that somewhere in the middle of all of this mess and confusion there is a river of life that flows and in that river is my salvation and in that river is my healing and in that river does anybody see the river? Does anybody see the river? Or all you're looking at is the hole, the pain, the paganism, the philosophy, the suffering. Or can you find that there is a fountain that comes from Emmanuel's veins that flows with life and liberty? There is a river. It's right in the middle of all of this. And so he asked the prophet in Ezekiel chapter 47 and 6, Do you see this? It's important, Ezekiel. You've seen so much. You've seen so much mess. You've seen so much confusion. You've seen so much, so much that's wrong. You've seen everything that's fallen apart. But have you seen the river? Have you seen how it flows? Have you seen how it works? Have you seen what it touches? Have you seen the life that it gives? Because I'm telling you, in the 21st century... In 2021, with economies falling everywhere, government systems in decay, political systems falling apart, the church may look like it's not what it once was, but I declare to you on this Sunday morning, uh, there is a river. Have you seen it? Anybody on this right-hand side, uh, do you see the river? How about it in this middle section? Anybody on the left-hand side, do you see uh, the river that flows? It's there that there's life and liberty if you can ever see the river. So the prophet says in Ezekiel chapter 47 and 6, he said, he brought me and he calls me to return. Somebody say return. He calls me to return to the brink of the river. Now this is powerful because what we need to do in the 21st century is we need to return to the river. In this 21st century, we need to come back to where the fountain of life is. In this 21st century, we've got to come back to where this thing actually flows from. You can get sidetracked by the forest, and you can see all the stuff that you don't need to see, and all the stuff that really doesn't matter, and the pain of life, and the suffering of life, and everything that's wrong, and you can spend time writing it all down and pointing it all out, but I think it's just time to come back to the river because it's there he washed my sins away it's there he put my sins under the blood it's in the river that he filled me with the power of the Holy Ghost it's in the river that he saved me from my past life and brought me into a new life it's in the river that he transformed me and he made me holy and made me righteous so I got to come back in the 21st century to the river of life and see it all over again does anybody see the river? Somebody clap your hands and just shout a little bit to the Lord now. I got to see the river. I got to see the river. I got to see the river. Got to see it. Now this is what you got to see. There's, there's three things that you need to see in this river. There's three things that, that God wanted this prophet to see. He's he seen the religious mess. He's seen the failure. He's seen the hole in the wall. He's seen the corruption. He said, now look prophet, I want you to look and I want you to see something else. The first thing I want you to see, I want you to see the source of this river. Now it's important before we go any further. It's important before we move beyond that we see 
the source of the river because if you don't see the source of the river you may question its validity and you may question its existence and you may question its ability to perform but if you go back and you understand I see the source of the river so he took him in Ezekiel 47 and 1 and he brought me again unto the door of the house and behold waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house and the south side of the altar he said when I looked at this river he said I saw it it began just as a trickle it began as just as a stream inside of the temple right at the altar as it began to flow out and underneath the door and out across the steps and across the plain he said I saw the source of it was the altar can I tell you we need to see that the source of the river of life is none other than Jesus Christ himself that's why he stood in John chapter 7 and verse number 37 that in the great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come let him come to me because I'm the source of the water of life I am the source of the river of life he said in John 6 and 35 he that cometh to me and believeth on me he shall never ever thirst again you've got to see that the source of this river that can help me that can strengthen me that can deliver me it doesn't flow from philosophy it doesn't flow from some idea of humanity it doesn't flow from some room of education but it flows from the very source of Christ himself all friend that's why the prophet Jeremiah calls him the fountain somebody shout the fountain oh he calls him the fountain of living water everything I need flows from him everything I gotta have comes from Jesus Christ that's why at Calvary in John 19 and 34 that when the soldier came he took the spear and he thrust it into his side and out of his side came blood and water you may think it was insignificant but he was saying that from my side comes everything that you'll ever need in life if you want to know about the validity of this river let me show you Christ on the cross if you want to know what this river can do to your house let me show you Christ high and lifted up upon Calvary if you want to know what this river can accomplish in your marriage and in your home let me show you the blood-stained timbers of the cross of Calvary and I'll show you the source of healing I'll show you the source of life I'll show you the source of strength I'll show you the source of power it doesn't come from a pulpit it doesn't come from a building it comes from Emmanuel's veins does anybody see the source today but not only prophet do I want you to see the source of it I want you to see the size of it. I want you to measure it. I want you to see how big it is. 47 and 5. He said he measured a thousand. It was a river. Somebody say it was a river. That I could not pass over. The waters were risen. Waters to swim in. A river 
that could not be passed over before you discount it. Before you say the cross of Calvary is just something from ancient times, days gone by, something from another world, another time, and that there's no power in it. Get your measuring stick out and go measure the size of the river for what started as a trickle from Emmanuel's veins at Golgotha has flown out has, has, has flown out through time as it, is, it has come out. It has brought to us the power of the river that is impassable that I cannot get over and there's plenty for everybody. There's plenty for everybody to get into. Now what's amazing about this is the prophet Ezekiel sees this river sitting beside of a river. Go back, I don't have time to do it, but go back to Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel is sitting beside the river Chabar. Now, you get to thinking, the river Chabar is a Babylonian water, lake, or river that flows down by Babylon. And, and, and Ezekiel is sitting beside the, the river Chabar. The only problem is, is it really wasn't a river at all? In fact, Chabar was nothing more than a canal that connected the Euphrates River with the Tigris River. And it was just kind of a little bypass around all of that. And it brought those two mighty rivers together. It was just a canal. And beside of a canal, Ezekiel sees the vision of a river. But it was at a canal that the captives sat down and hung their harps on willow trees and refused to sing the songs of Zion. You better be careful what water you're sitting down beside of. You you better be careful what river you're sitting down beside of. I don't want to sit down beside the canal of this world. I want to sit down by the river of living water that is endless, that's able to reach. It's wide enough to touch every generation. I said it's wide enough to touch every demographic. I said it's wide enough to touch every family. It flows out wide enough to touch everybody in the world. There is something about. Does anybody see it now. Does anybody see that river? Look at the hole in the wall if you want to. But I see a river. Look at everything that's wrong if you want to. But I see a river. But there's a third thing he asked to see. It was not just its source. It was not just its size. He said, I want you to see the sufficiency of this river. I want you to see that this river is able to do things that no other river is able to do. Look at verse number 9 of Ezekiel 47. He said, It shall come to pass that everything that liveth moveth. Whithersoever the river shall come shall live, and there shall be very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live, whether the river cometh. He said, every place that river flows, every place that river touch, it heals. So as it starts flowing down And as it begins to flow It flows down And it finds a life that's hurting And as it touches It begins to bring relief As that river begins to wind down And it begins to flow It begins to find a life That has difficulty And as it touches It begins to bring life Understand when that river started flowing In Ezekiel chapter 47 As it began to flow It flowed out across the desert It flowed out across land Where there was 
was no life, had never been any life. It flowed down toward the salt sea where there had never been any life, where there was no outlet. And he said when that river flowed into that south sea, into that salt sea, he said, I want you to know. He said, life came into it. The salt was taken out of it. And he said, fish begin to swim. I've stood on the shores of that salt sea. There is no life there. But he said, when that river from Ezekiel chapter 47 flows down, it's sufficient. I'm telling you, there's not a difficulty in your life. There's not a problem in your life that if that river can't flow down, if that river cannot touch, that it cannot make well, and it cannot make whole. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody see a river that's sufficient enough to take care of every problem, every difficulty, and every situation? Drannon's given me permission this morning to, to, to tell this. But we've been praying for Sherry. We've been asking God to touch Sherry's body. And uh, here, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I guess now, they'd found cancer in her tongue. And uh, we was in Houston, and, and they went in, and they took out a portion of, of Sherry's tongue. And uh, they, they worked, and they worked on her teeth where cancer was, and they got rid of all of that. And then here just a, a few weeks ago, they found some spots on her lung. They found those spots that were there, and they said those spots was cancerous. And uh, said they were, that was going to have to have some more treatment. They were going to have to take care of all that. And a few weeks ago, I stood right up there, and I requested prayer that, that Sherry was going to begin her treatment in Houston. She was going to start chemotherapy. He, they had communicated with me earlier in the week that that was the plan, and before the weekend was over, Sherry said, you know what? She said, I'm just going to trust that God is going to take care of me, and I'm not going to go. So they told me after the service, said, we wish we could have got to you earlier. We're not going to Houston. We're not taking those treatments. We're just going to believe God is going to take care of all of this. Huh? And so they went back in and they did some scans. Pet scans, cat scans, whatever. They did some scans. Drannon called me this week with the result of those scans. He said, Pastor, I want you to know the doctor has looked now at the scans. And he said every spot that they had seen in her lung is totally gone. And her body is completely cancer free. Wherever the river flows. Wherever the river flows. Wherever the river flows, wherever the river flows, I said, wherever the river flows, I said, wherever the river flows, there's healing, there's healing. He said, I don't want to see you for three more months, am I right? I don't want to see you for three more months because I don't find anything there that I've seen before. I'm telling you, you got to see the river. If you want to see the hole in the wall, that's what you'll see. If you want to see everything that's messed up, that's what you'll see. But if you want to see the river of life, if you want to see the source of strength, if you want to see something that can help you, if you want to see something that can lift you, if you want to see something that will strengthen your body, there is a river. Do you see it, Mama? Do you see it? daddy do you see it young man young lady do you see the river it's there would you stand with me this morning all over this building would you lift your hands to heaven I feel a river flowing here right now I feel a river flowing in this building it's coming somewhere near where you are right now 
It's coming somewhere near your home, your body, your life right now. It's coming somewhere near your problems and your difficulties right now. You've been looking at the forest. You've seen everything but what your help is. You've seen everything but what your strength is. You've seen everything but what can bring you relief. I'm asking you now, has the Lord asked the prophet, how about it in your pain right now? Can you see the river? How about it right now? In your dilemma of life, can you see the river? Are you just peering through the hole? Are you just finding everything that's wrong? Or can you see what will help you? What will strengthen you? What will enable you? Come on, that river's coming across your desert right now. Come on, that desert is coming across that lifeless plain where you've been living. That river is coming across that place right now where you thought nothing would ever grow. That home you thought that would never materialize. Come on, that river is coming right now and it's flowing towards you. Would you just reach your hand up to him and say, God, take the blinders off. I need to see a river. I need to see a river. I need to see my help now. I need to see what can strengthen me. I need to see what can enable me. I can see what will lift me. I need to see it right now. I need to see it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. There's a river flowing here. Come on. There's a river flowing. You don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to be afraid of it. He's going to lead you out. It may be ankle deep for a while. It may get knee deep. But eventually it's going to become waters to swim in. That you can dive off in. It's going to be a glorious life. It's going to be a glorious life. God's inviting you today. I'm opening this altar on this Sunday morning. And I'm giving you an invitation that God gave the prophet. Why don't you step on into the river right now. If you need something from God wherever you're at. If your home, your family if your life needs something from the Lord if you've not been able to see him if you've not been able to perceive him if all you've been able to see is the hole in the wall why don't you see today a river that can help you and just make your way down that aisle step toward this front and say God I'm stepping into the river I'm stepping into life I'm stepping into my healing right now I'm stepping into a miracle I'm stepping into the Holy Ghost I'm stepping into what what God has for me in the name of Jesus that's it that's it from all over the building now that's it come on wait on out into the river wait on out into the river there's help come on it's flowing it's life everything it touches it shall live everything that it touches it shall live if you're sick today raise your hands that river is coming your way come on if you're empty today that river is coming your way there's help there's help for it. There's help for you right now. There's help for you right now. There's... You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.